Please lower your head and watch your step while boarding. Welcome to the attraction Watch your step. You are all clear for dispatch. Have fun. You are all clear for dispatch. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 136 of the Attractions Podcast, sponsored by Destinations with Character Travel. I'm Seth. And that's and I'm Carly. Carly. <laughs> and we are here to talk to you about all the latest and greatest in theme park news and more, as well as what's going on in our own lives. Carly, how have you been and where have you been? Okay, I've been everywhere. But right now I am in Branson because I went to Silver Dollar City yesterday. Fantastic. Um, we were just chatting before the show started. I've personally never been to Branson, uh, but I've heard great things about Silver Dollar City and uh, especially the roller coasters there and a lot of great stuff to do in Branson. Uh, so do you recommend, uh, should, I, should I be planning a trip out there? Yes. I. Uh, some of my favorite coasters in the country are at Silver Dollar City. Time Traveler is incredible. It has a spinning um, vehicle, sort of like Crush's mm -hmm. Coaster, but like next level. Uh, there's just some of the best, best coasters you'll ever find. So it is worth it to come to the Ozarks. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you've been having a great week. Uh, me personally, I've uh, again been the typing cat sitting at my computer working on the unofficial guide to Disneyland. Um, but I did uh, manage to sneak out of the house on 420 and uh, pay a visit to the greenest theme park uh, at Walt Disney World, uh, Animal Kingdom. Um, had had a great time there celebrating, uh, of course, uh, the big holiday, uh, Earth Week. I don't know what other day you could think I could be thinking of, um, <laughs> but uh, Earth Week at Animal Kingdom. It's also the birth week of that park, and they do lots of great stuff. Uh, characters out. Um, I got to see Russell from Up for the first time in a while and the hyenas from The Lion King. Um, I actually got to see a little bit of the Kite Tail show. Uh, it was only modified instead of canceled for wind for a change. That was fun. <laughs> And I got a great trip on the Kilimanjaro safaris. I got to see all three of the lions sitting out, lying on the rocks. Uh, it was a great day, perfect day for visiting Animal Kingdom. That's incredible. So, and I can't believe you haven't seen Kite Tails because of all the difficulties. I, every single time I have gone to see Kite Tails, it has been canceled due to high <laughs> winds. Every single time. Uh, I finally got to see something, which was basically just two of the kites going in circles for about 15 oh. minutes that was that's the modified version it was better than nothing i'll, I'll give him that i'll give him that but um okay. <laughs> i think uh i think uh without any further ado i think we should just jump into it and get right into the news Okay, first up in our news this week, the Connections Cafe and Eatery has soft opened at Epcot. Uh, it features globally inspired decor, and it is also the new home to Starbucks at Epcot. Uh, the official opening date is April 27th, but guests can already get a taste of the quick service restaurants, cuisines from around the world. Yes, I feel like this is great news for Epcot. If you were a fan of Electric Umbrella, obviously we're still mourning that loss, but this is looks like an amazing new place. I can't wait to try it out. Are you going to go this week? 
Um, I am probably going to be there on uh, the 9th of May. That'll be my next trip out because that's when I got my annual pass holder preview for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. So I think I will be combining uh, my, my first ride on Guardians, which we will definitely be talking about a little later in the podcast, with my first trip to Connections Cafe. And, you know, it'll always be Electric Umbrella to me. Um, yes. <laughs> it's definitely a lot brighter and lighter and airier. Um, uh, doesn't feel nearly as dank. Um, and uh, there, what I like is a lot of little tributes to uh, Epcot's history. There's this enormous mural, one of the largest ever created by Imagineering, that uh, reminds me a lot of some of the murals that used to be inside the Horizons ride. Yes. Um, and uh, you've got this glass showcase with uh, showing off teapots and coffee pots from the way different cultures enjoy drinks around the world. Uh, my favorite is a tribute to the original uh, design of uh, Epcot or the, the 1966 Florida project. Um, these designs embedded in the floor that are reminiscent of uh, the map that you see behind Walt in that famous film from uh, shortly before his death. Um, yeah, so yeah, a lot, a lot of great little uh, nods to the past. And uh, you can go to disneyworld.com right now and check out the full menu for this location. Okay, next up, Character Hugs are finally back at Orlando's theme parks after two years. Uh, this is a big deal. Um, I was very happy. I got to see uh, the last time I was in the parks, finally see characters out, getting up close and personal with guests once again, giving hugs. Uh, as of April 18th, uh, it's going on in all of Orlando's major theme parks. Again, uh, the social distancing ropes and platforms are gone. And you can once again get those autographs and hugs with your favorite characters. Yes, this is great news. I mean, I don't mind the selfie style because I think it makes for kind of a good picture. But I feel like all of your memories and the pictures you want to look back on decades later are the ones when you're hugging a character. Absolutely. Um, it's It's been a long time. Um, and, you know, a lot of frustrations, a lot of you know, kind of bad viral social media moments from kids getting denied hugs by characters. And, uh, you know, the world is obviously not totally back to normal. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, if, if this is something you're comfortable with doing, I'm sure uh, it's something a lot of people have been looking forward to uh, for the last two years. Um, not just at Disney, we've also seen characters out and about uh, at the Universal Parks and SeaWorld Parks. Um, I personally would love for a mix. You know, I love the opportunity to wait in a line and hug a character, but I also like the opportunity to just sort of walk by and snap a selfie with a character without having to stand in a 20 minute wait. And mm -hmm. I would like them to keep a mix of the two things around. Yeah, and I feel like a good example of that is at Universal Orlando, the uh, DreamWorks character destination. Mm -hmm. Something like that where you can just kind of walk up, grab a selfie. I love those. And like for people yeah. that don't want to wait, I mean, it's it, they did such a wonderful job with that. And I'd like to see a little bit more of that kind of implemented at all parks. Yeah, I think, uh, I think they came up with some good alternate solutions for characters during the pandemic. And, you know, now that we're going back to the way things were, I hope they keep some of those ideas around, keep the ones that worked uh, and not just, you know, reflexively throw everything away and say it's we're done with all that. Um, so 
Uh, hugs are back, but uh, I still like a selfie myself. Yes. <laughs> Uh, speaking of photos, you can now become a quote-unquote lasting part of Cinderella Castle uh, in the new Mural of Memories at Walt Disney World. Uh, it's allowing guests to transform Cinderella Castle through the magic of augmented reality technology using photos from their Disney Photo Pass gallery. And you will only pay $9.99 for the privilege of being able to see your photos virtually surfing uh, superimposed on the castle for about the next three years. Uh, Carly, what's your take on this? Because I'm, I might have to get a little saucy with this. <laughs> I might have to get a little spicy uh, with my take. I'm going to say hard path. This is, of, <laughs> I hate to say, of no interest to me. <laughs> like, I wouldn't do this. I don't know if I could full-heartedly recommend someone to do this it, it's very weird i love photo pass in general i love saving my pictures uh, i loved when it was included with our annual passes uh this is just not necessary <laughs> <laughs> um so many years ago those of you who've been around for a while might remember a time where uh, they briefly used photo pass pictures taken throughout the park during the day as part of the nighttime uh, spectacular. Mm -hmm. They do projection mapping on the castle, and you might see a little postage stamp uh, of yourself on the castle. That was free. They didn't charge you extra money for that opportunity. Um, the idea that you're paying $10 for this um, and it's something that only you see. It's not like every single stranger who pulls up uh, the castle on their augmented reality app is going to see your picture. It's it's only you. Right. Um, and I I I think it's a neat thing, but I don't understand why this has to be an extra ten dollars. Um, you know, it in in Disneyland uh, when you pay twenty bucks for Genie Plus, you get Photo Pass for the day included, which is a pretty good deal. But in Walt Disney World, uh, unless you've bought a, an annual pass with Photo Pass included, um, you're paying like a hundred something bucks for a week of Photo Pass. And if they're already charging you that much money for these pictures, I don't understand why this is something that couldn't just be included. Uh, why it needs to be another ten dollar charge? I mean, it needs to be so that they can book the revenue and they can justify the expense of developing it. But honestly, this is the kind of thing that Disney used to throw in as a little surprise and delight uh, and didn't used to feel like they had to make a penny off of every little thing like this in the past. Right. Uh, and the amount of loss is so obscure to me. You know, $9.99. It's almost like it should, like you said, it should just be free. It's a weird yeah. number. <laughs> So uh, if you want to check this out, it's it's part of the app, um, you know, boot up the, the Disney World, my Disney Experience app next time you're in the parks and uh, check out if you want to pay for it. Uh, take take a take a, a screenshot, send it to us. Let us know what it looks like. We're curious because we're not paying for it ourselves. <laughs> All right. Moving along. Uh, boy, uh, it's it's been a rough. It's been a rough week for Walt Disney World. Uh, this is this is kind of burying the lead. Uh, this is the news you've all been waiting for. Walt Disney World is feeling the backlash of Florida politics. Uh, never thought it would happen, but it only took a matter of days. Uh, Walt Disney World and the two counties it is located in 
are facing an uncertain financial future now after Florida's Republican-controlled legislature has voted to dissolve the special taxing district that effectively uh, runs the vast theme park empire. Uh, I, I, I'm personally really shocked. This is one of those things that politicians talk about, uh, but doesn't make it through the legislature, especially not in 72 hours. But that's all they needed uh, to declare a special session, ram it through the House and the Senate, and Governor DeSantis has now signed it. So uh, unless something changes as of June 2023, uh, just over a year from now, the Reedy Creek Improvement District, uh, which was created by the Florida legislature back in 1967 to allow Disney to build Walt Disney World, it's going to be gone. Uh, it will be dissolved. Um, Orange and Osceola counties will have to figure out how to take over all of the services that Disney provided. And there's up to $2 billion in debt on the books that will probably get dumped on local homeowners like me. And we'll get to pay up to 20 or 25% more in our property taxes. Uh, this is not a win for anyone, in my opinion. Uh, Carly, what's your take on all this mich no, Michigas? This, this it's, it's mess. wild to me. Um, red tape, where was that? Because I feel like if you want anything to happen, it takes years to go through. So this is obviously a an aggressive attack on disney but like you said it's it's the lose-lose for everyone it's very unfortunate for the people that live in the area hmm. and time will tell you know obviously they couldn't do any research on the long-lasting effects of this because yeah. it was done so hastily so yeah not good I, you know uh, personally um you know my my politics uh i you know i i'm a small government person i'm a uh, individual freedom kind of person um i'm i'm not necessarily in favor of huge tax breaks and special uh deals for big corporations um and there you know there we can have sit down and have a mature rational discussion about the the costs and benefits of dissolving reedy creek um, you know, there, maybe there, there's positive reasons to do it, but they didn't talk about any of those things. This no. was purely a uh, partisan backlash against Bob Chapek's belated involvement in the quote unquote, don't say gay controversy. Um, and, you know, this is this is basically one political party punishing one particular corporation uh and whatever you believe about special deals for certain companies there are thousands uh of the hundreds hundreds almost two thousand i think of these special taxing districts with throughout florida um there's tons of them all over the place and the only one that got dissolved was disney's um so uh you know there was no analysis done there was no accounting of you know where the money is going to go and where the money is going to come from it was just let's drop a nuclear bomb on this and pick up the pieces later right now here's the thing um i've seen a lot of people on social media saying that disney should just move out of florida um <laughs> I don't think you're going to see Spaceship Earth on the back of a flatbed truck moving up to, you know, Missouri or, you know, Wisconsin anytime soon. I, I don't think you can move this kind of infrastructure. I think Disney is still going to be where Disney is for a long time. I think the people who are going to suffer more than Disney are the people who live around Disney. Uh, right. Because, you know, there are a lot of things uh, that Disney paid for, like 
police and fire departments and paving potholes and uh, building waste treatment plants. And all of that, Disney is going to be like, we're just another taxpayer. We'll pay our fair share. But everyone else who's a uh, homeowner in Orange and Osceola County is going to have to start picking up the tab. And uh, I mean, honestly, I don't think Governor DeSantis really cares about the voters in Osceola and Orange County because we didn't vote for him. Um, we, we, you know, we're, we're a little blue dot in a sea of red. And uh, anything he can do to aggravate us, I think, just uh, makes his base even happier. Absolutely. So, and I think like you said about like the first thing I thought of was roads, to be honest with you, because when you go to a place where there's terrible potholes, you don't experience that around Disney. You know, the there's lush landscaping, the grass. And that was kind of the first thing I thought of. I was like, damn, this is going to go straight to the pits. <laughs> all, all those right away medians that are nicely, carefully mowed and landscaped. Uh, it's going to all start looking like every other road around uh, around Orlando. And um we got some rough roads in yeah. spots, especially in Osceola County. You know, uh, it, it's Osceola is mostly a rural county. Um, and, uh, you know, without Disney there, uh, it would be cow pasture. Um, so, you know, trying to get the the residents there who are, are generally lower income. Uh, the Kissimmee area is not a, a, a very wealthy neighborhood. Right. Um, making those people responsible for Disney's bills now it's it's this is going to go on for a long time uh i'm going to hop over the comments surprisingly uh don't have any uh comment everyone everyone is just too shook everyone yeah. is shocked into silence in our in our comments right now uh, but uh, this is a story we're going to be talking about for a while uh obviously this is going to go to the courts um this is going to be fought out for a while and you know june 2023 is a ways away so there's still time to undo this or modify this um but you know this this could easily you know we just talked about that 1300 unit affordable housing mm -hmm. complex that disney was going to build this would be a good opportunity for say sorry we're that's that's not our problem anymore um right. you know things like the new solar power plant that they're building um it's just a lot of things this is going to throw into the air maybe the only people in town who are happy about this might be universal um right because <laughs> universal you know universal through the entire controversy leading up to this they've kept their heads down they've kept their mouths shut they've stayed out of uh the legislature's targets and uh this will pretty much put disney on a similar footing to universal in terms of permitting in terms of you know dealing with the local governments to get stuff built um so yeah Disney, uh, Universal is being very quiet right now. Right. And honestly, I kind of don't blame them now after seeing this, you know. No. I no. would have never thought this would happen. No. So we'll definitely uh, keep up with this because I'm sure this, this is something evolve. we're going to be talking about for a long time, for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on from that to some happier news out on the West Coast where Disneyland's n Resort's nighttime spectaculars are returning um last night uh before we recorded this april 22nd uh we saw the return of world of color the main street electrical parade and disneyland forever fireworks and world of color is coming up uh in late may right around the corner and i am so excited to go back to disneyland and see these shows because they are just so good 
Yes, this was I our, I'm sure like many of your social media was flooded with images and I honestly yep. usually scroll through I couldn't get enough. I watched all of the Main Street Electrical Parade coverage yep. over and over again. It's just so like joyful and it really feels like a moment, you know. It's things are happening. It's all coming back and this was kind of the big element that was missing from Disneyland, you know. I'm- it's like we needed that nighttime. Absolutely. Uh, it's just, you know, it's it's just not the same ending a day at Disneyland without fireworks and a parade. Um, we talked before about how the new uh, updated 50th anniversary version of the classic Main Street Electrical Parade now has a big new finale inspired by modern animated classics and the uh, designs of Mary Blair. A great place to watch this parade. A lot of people like to line Main Street because, you know, that's in the name. But uh, check out the Small World Mall area where the parade steps off and ends. Um, There's a lot more elbow room. um, And you can see the Encanto projection show that they're doing on It's a Small World right after the parade. So it's a great one-two punch. Uh, That's also a great spot to watch the Disneyland Forever fireworks from. Those are back Friday through Sundays until April 22nd. And then uh, there's actually a little typo in our article here online. Um, It's going to be Disneyland Forever fireworks every night throughout the summer. Um, Projections only mixed magic uh, projection show uh, is going to be in the spring on weekdays. And then after the summer's over, that's going to come back. But uh, you get to see the full Disneyland Forever fireworks all summer long. Again, Main Street. Great place to watch it, uh, but it gets real crowded. So either the Small World area or once Fantasmic comes back, um, see the first Fantasmic show and then stick around there at Fantasmic and watch the fireworks from there. And you can see the projections on the water screen. So that's really cool, too. Finally, World of Color also came back last night. Um, yes. I love this show. But uh, it's it's great to see it returned. It was pretty much the same show as before. No major changes, but, you know, all the effects are back after a very lengthy refurbishment to the fountains. However, you now need to use virtual queue if you want to get into the viewing sections. And when they used to give away show passes uh, using physical fast pass style tickets for this, you could usually get a ticket, um, you know, for a few hours, maybe even to the mid afternoon. These are now going with the virtual queue system within seconds. This is like Rise of the Resistance all over again. So here's the deal. Uh, If you want to see World of Color from a ticketed viewing area and you don't want to spend $50 to $75 on a dining package, you're going to need to have the app. Go into the app at 11.45 a.m. and it'll let you set up all the people who are in your party that you want to see the show with. And then exactly at noon, 12 o'clock on the dot, hit that refresh button and tap that join button. Uh, I had friends who were there yesterday. Two out of three were able to get, but like two people standing right next to each other, both hitting the button at the exact same time. One of them got group one, uh, the first show of the day. One of them got shut out entirely so both shows are disappearing in seconds (laughs) uh eric eric uh was uh there and eric yes virtual cues was so much fun he sarcastically laughs out loud um 
And uh, interesting I am to over know, the virtual queue. <laughs> it sounds uh, Eric also reports that the second half of Disneyland Forever lost its pyro last night. I will bet that that is a wind issue. Uh, Disneyland Forever is notorious for canceling or getting reduced uh, if there's a gust of wind at high altitude. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you're building your whole life around seeing Disneyland Forever, be prepared. That can happen. Um, so uh, we didn't uh, they haven't uh, officially confirmed it yet, but we believe that uh, these virtual queues are also going to be used for Fantasmic once that opens up. And that probably means that you're going to have to pick between either Fantasmic or World of Color. Uh, if you want to see both in one night, your best bet's going to be to get a virtual queue for Fantasmic and then try to see the second World of Color of the night uh, from a uh, standby viewing area. Um, the best areas, if you don't have a ticket to see World of Color, is either on the bridge uh, to P Pixar Pier or all the way over by the Golden Zephyr uh, in the Paradise Pier area. Um, you can usually squeeze in there. And if you see the 1015 show, the park closes at 10 o'clock, but you can actually enter the park right up until 1015 when the show starts. So they'll let you park hop in even after the park is officially closed for the day. That's pretty much the only way that you can see both Fantasmic and uh, World of Color in one night, but it's doable. Um, yeah. And yes, we have more confirmation from Eric that the Q redemption <laughs> was a mess. Uh, this is an interesting thing. When you get that virtual queue, uh, when it tells you your part, you, you, you made into virtual queue, it says you'll be in either blue or yellow. It doesn't tell you whether you're going to blue or yellow until the gates open at like 30 to 45 minutes before mm -hmm. the show starts. So I guess the idea is they don't want people camping out outside their particular section, but it means that you're going to have to check your app or look for a push notification to tell you whether you're going to the blue entrance or the yellow entrance. And as soon as you get that, I would head there because uh, those things fill up real quick. If you can't be real fast in there to be at the front of the section, you're best off being last because the further back you are the higher up you are and you can sort of see over the people's heads if you're in the back so either be in the back or be in the front but if you're in the middle you're kind of screwed right yeah and this i mean i feel like this is just going to be i know the redemption is a mess in itself i feel like this mm. is very complicated people are going to think oh i can just show up to world of yeah. color i can just show up but this is going to leave a lot of people high and dry. So it's kind of a little upsetting that this is yeah. the way it's going to work. So, you know, it, it'll settle down every time, uh, you know, from the very initial debut of World of Color with the, the show passes. Every time they've made a change, there's been a few days, a few weeks of chaos. And then the locals sort of figure it out. It calms down. So hopefully by the time. I head out there every time you head out there. Uh, it'll be <laughs> a little better. Um, and then Eric has one last tip. Uh, if if you want, if you're brave, you don't mind getting soaked, there is almost always walk-up availability in the soaking zone right up front because uh, hardly anyone wants to get sprayed down. <laughs> if you don't mind taking a bath, go for it. Uh, ask for the soak zone, and they will usually let you right up there. Uh, so enjoy. Enjoy. All right, um, so uh, Disneyland Nighttime Spectaculars coming back. And also at Disneyland, Tarzan's Treehouse is getting a whole new Ooh. theme. 
um, kind of been flowing, floating under the radar that uh, the Tarzan's Treehouse in Adventureland at Disneyland has not been open since September 2021. Not a lot of folks have been talking about that. It's just sort of been quietly under refurb. Turns out Tarzan is no more. It's going to get a new theme, which has not been disclosed yet, uh, and also a new entrance. Um, when it went from Swiss Family Treehouse to Tarzan, they built a new entrance, which is a staircase that sits smack dab in the middle of the walkway between Pirates and Indiana Jones. It's always been a huge pinch point. Right. Um, so they're finally tearing that out and probably restoring something more like the original entrance. But what do you think the theme is going to be? I don't know, but I will say it is like I spent a lot of time at Disneyland in the fall. I always would go walk past it because I wanted to see if anything was going on. So if you've been there, it's just kind of there's sheets over it almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not pretty. They didn't even put like a themed tarp. You know, sometimes when they put a themed tarp that shows what's beneath it. No, Uh, it's it's been just kind of dead. But uh, they haven't been working on it. At least they, you know, for a while it was just sitting there. Um. I don't know what it's going to be. And it's like, I haven't even had a, a thought of what they could possibly retheme it to, yeah. but it is definitely in the way. I mean, it's just the location of it is the worst. You always see people kind of confused when they're exiting, trying to go to Indiana Jones, trying to go to yep. Bengal. Like, what is this right here? Um, you know, I, they haven't uh, officially made any announcements, but the rumor that I keep hearing people buzz about is Encanto. Obviously, that's the hottest uh, recent film. And uh, there is a treehouse. Uh, Rodrigo has a treehouse where he lives with his animal friends. Um, you know, I'm not sure how easy it would be to really make Tarzan's treehouse match what we see in Encanto. Uh, they're both trees, but. Right. <laughs> They're a little different, um, a but uh, yeah, it looks like uh, Liz in our in our uh, comments also uh, thinks Encanto is a possibility. I mean, we've we've heard right from Bob Chapek's mouth that he wants to get that franchise in the parks as quick as possible, um, and that would be a logical way to squeeze it in. Um, so. Uh, we don't have an, a reopening date yet. We don't really have any details. So watch this space um, and keep your fingers crossed. Right. Yeah. The, the next greatest e-ticket attraction. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hong Kong Disneyland has reopened, welcoming guests back with new packages and experiences. Uh, as of April 21st, uh, Hong Kong Disneyland has reopened from its umpteenth COVID closure. Um, And Mickey and Minnie and 50 of their pals welcomed guests back uh, with a special park opening celebration. They've had a a lot of trouble. This is amazing. I mean, I feel like this is Yeah. For for locals, I'm sure it's emotional, you know. Mm hmm. Uh, they they celebrated by giving out a total of 10,000 free park admissions to seven uh, local non-governmental organizations. Um, they previously said they were going to give out 5,000, so that's twice as many. And they've uh, debuted a few new experiences, uh, including uh, pair-up selfie stations where um, teams, uh, couples of uh, Disney characters are... Um, uh, meeting together uh, so you can get two selfies for the price of one. 
yeah, this looks amazing. Um, I'm really happy it's finally open. They've just been through so much these last few years. So it is a big moment, you know, because it's like we've mm-hmm. been able to enjoy the parks, but they haven't been just with all the closures. So this is really special. Yeah. Uh, they're also celebrating with a grand birthday celebration moment, which takes place at the Main Street train station with new songs, including a Cantonese birthday greeting from Mickey and Minnie. Uh, you can get special birthday treats, uh, birthday magic pictures, and even an oversized birthday button if you're also celebrating your birthday. Uh, store's got a makeover. And uh, the one thing that is mentioned here that I hope is coming to the American Disney parks is that you can learn how to draw a Malian from the new Disney animated movie Turning Red at the Animation Academy. Yes, I we see that at uh, California Adventure because that's one of my favorite experiences. So that would yeah. be really cool to add that into the rotation of characters. Um, they've also upgraded uh, Lord Henry Mystic's Explorers Semi Buffet. Uh, and they've got special hotel packages uh, to extend the magic. Uh, birthday celebration package that includes um, dinner, uh, park admission, and uh, discounts for additional guests. Um, so if you are interested in any of that, um, I'm sure our uh, sponsored destination with character travel might be able to help you out. Or you can head on over to HongKongDisneyland.com. All right. Next up, we're going to head back to the East Coast at Universal Orlando, where some new street comedy groups have debuted. Um you might call these folks Streetmosphere, if that wasn't a Disney-branded name. Um, but these are Street Atmosphere performers uh, at Universal Orlando in Universal Studios, Florida. And they are suspiciously similar to some folks we remember uh, back in the day at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Um, there's two groups of comedy performers. One are the City Force, which are construction workers. Um, and the other is the second unit, which is a, a cameraman and a director. And they just go around creating little magical improv moments uh, with guests throughout the park, uh, mostly in the music plaza area near the front of the park. Right. This is so cool. I mean, this is one of my favorite parts of Hollywood Studios. And I was so sad when they let them go, not only for them, but because they, it just made it so special. And it was always so random. Like you could be sitting at the Brown Derby lot, uh, Lounge and someone would come up to you and interact. And I love that they're doing this here. And I especially love the director because this looks really funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, in case you don't remember what we're talking about back in the day at Hollywood Studios, uh, there was a group called the Public Works, um, and uh, they 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 ended around 2016. Uh, but they used to have a little truck or a cart, and they'd have like um, orange safety cones and plungers, and they would pretend to be fixing a manhole or something. But they would just basically, um, you know, they would draw a crowd. And here's the thing, uh, you know, all the streetmosphere stuff has not come back to the Disney parks. Uh, Universal has recognized that. You know, you can build a ride that serves 1,500 or 2,000 people an hour, and that costs millions of dollars and takes several years. Or you can send two or three people out with a couple props, and a 1,000 or more people an hour will stop and watch these folks. And maybe they'll only have a minute or five minutes, but they will remember that. You know, uh, you look back at people's vacation photos or you, you talk to them, 
they they they'll talk about the rides sure uh, they'll talk but what they talk about is these intimate experiences where they had a one-on-one -on -one moment with a character where something unexpected happened and they became involved in the show where they're not just passive but they really feel like you know that's that's what is really immersive about the theme parks uh you know it's not the physical infrastructure um it's not the intellectual properties it's the people who make that one-on-one -on -one connection that's what's really immersive about theme park and uh i'm i'm personally very happy to see this kind of stuff uh coming back to the parks more and more Right. Same. And it's a lot, there's a lot of days where I'll go to the park and I won't even step foot in an attraction because mm -hmm. I just want to interact. I, that's why I go back. It's because I love the cast members, love the team members. So this sort of thing is so special and universal, obviously always has kind of slayed that region of, you know, entertainment. You have the blues brothers, you have Marilyn Monroe. Mm -hmm. They have just, it's such an amazing experience. Every corner, there is someone that you can interact with and chat and they especially do this during Mardi Gras during Christmas. So yep. this is just another level that's, you know, setting them apart. My uh, biggest wish is that Universal has huge success with this and Disney takes a look and says, boy, we got to bring back the citizens of Hollywood. We got to bring back the citizens of Main Street USA. Um, you know, all, all those folks need to be back at work. Agreed. So I'm getting off my soapbox, uh, but out <laughs> at Universal Studios Hollywood, uh, this is kind of exciting. They have rolled out the first four all-electric studio tour trams. Uh, and by early 2025, they expect the entire 21 tram fleet to be entirely electric. Uh, this is really exciting uh, because if you have ever taken the uh, famous studio tour at Universal Studios Hollywood, you know these giant monstrous trams are big and heavy and are really wow. loud <laughs> and um, you know the older models you could really see that exhaust pouring out behind them as they chug up these steep hills now uh, these environmentally friendly uh, sustainable and basically completely silent trams are I think they're going to make for a much more pleasant experience yeah, I agree. Uh, this is one of my favorite parts about visiting Universal Hollywood. It is such a joy. It is so special. It's so unique. But it is very. It was very loud. So mm -hmm. even up in the front, like right in front of the screens by the speakers, it was always very loud, and you could just hear when they would stop and start. Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of people were posting that they were shocked by just how quiet it was. So I think obviously the environmental stuff is great but it's also mm -hmm. will enhance the guest experience yes and now that uh you don't have that loud diesel engine drowning you uh you are going to be able to hear a new introduction video uh by al roker from the uh today show who is going mm -hmm. to tell folks a little bit about the uh environmental advantages of these new electric trams something else neat they use something called a wave which is wireless advanced vehicle electrification technology which means they don't have to plug in uh, there are induction charging pads on the ground uh, where you load up, um, kind of like those pads that you can put a, a modern iPhone on to charge wirelessly. So the whole tram can charge up while guests are loading and unloading. Yeah, this is really cool. I'm, I'm excited to experience it myself. And hopefully everyone gets out there because it really is what makes Universal Hollywood so special. 
Yeah. And it's this is all part of uh, parent company Comcast, NBC Universal's environmental efforts. Uh, the company plans to be completely carbon neutral by 2035. So pretty ambitious. And uh, this is a, a good step to getting there. Okay, this is uh, this is a little sad news here. This is this is kind of a little hard. Um, safety features, it turns out, were altered on the Orlando freefall ride where the teen died recently, according to a report from uh, Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services Commissioner Nikki Freed. Uh, she commissioned uh, Quest Engineering and Failure Analysis to uh inspect the orlando freefall drop tower uh, at icon park on international drive where uh, a 14 year old boy tragically fell out of his seat recently um, and they discovered that someone made manual adjustments to the safety sensors on the seat that he was on that allowed the restraint to be open wider that it should have been um and this is this is kind of mind blowing. This is like 101 right. of how not to operate a ride. Uh, we don't. The report does not determine who was responsible for making that adjustment. Um, obviously, there is still more investigation to go. Um, but this tells us that this wasn't. It didn't fail. Uh, there wasn't a mechanical failure. Did something didn't break? The manufacturer didn't build it wrong it was someone after it had been built went back and adjusted the safety features so that it could go off without being properly secured the way it should have been and that i mean just as someone who's worked in the theme park business and knows that you always put guest safety number one above everything it just blows my mind as to how that could happen right this is unbelievable i mean there are Maybe on my hand, I can count the amount of attractions that were made in-house by a park. But you get your attractions from a manufacturer. Why would you... I don't know. I, I can't even imagine how, what the thinking was, who it falls on. I'm curious to know how, you know, how that happened. But this mm -hmm. is just absolutely unbelievable. Now, I will say it is not unprecedented for a ride to be adjusted for safety features after its initial installation. A good example right. is Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. Uh, mm -hmm. When that ride first opened, uh, it was known that it was, you know, not very friendly to larger folks. And they went back and uh, it was hard to get the three clicks when you pull down the over the shoulder mm -hmm. restraints. If you were a bigger person, you couldn't get the, all three clicks. So they went back and physically modified the outside seats on many of the benches so that if you sat on one of the outside benches it could get that third click not being pulled down as far but that was done with the manufacturer with the ride designers safety tested inspected um it sounds like you know obviously we don't know all the details of who did what when um but it looks like that the ride was installed and got its safety inspection and it was approved and at some point after that someone modified it so that you could have the on on this these two particular seats uh seat one and seat two and i i can't confirm this 100 percent, but i've been told from people who analyzed the videos that that was the seat that the 
the boy fell out of was the one that I was sitting in in the video from opening day that's been used Ooh. on the news. So that that did not make my wife happy to hear that. No, uh, but no. apparently, yes, these two seats, one and two, someone manually modified them so that the safety, the go light would come on and it would activate the system even if it wasn't pulled all the way down. Um, and obviously, you know, the, the manufacturer said that there was a 250 pound weight limit, which I don't believe was ever disclosed. Uh, and certainly there was no scale there to weigh people. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and the victim in this case well, weighed well over 300 pounds. So a lot of questions still to answer, um, but this does not look good at all for the um, for the owners and the, the people who operate this attraction. It Absolutely. is still obviously shut down along with the slingshot right next to it, which they also operate. However, the Starflyer ride very close by that they operate is still running. Um, so I have a free ticket for that that I don't think I'll be using anytime soon. No, but at least we know it wasn't the manufacturer because they also no. have a drop tower <clears throat> at Dollywood that yes. they did shut down after. Um, so it wasn't the manufacturer. It was, you know. Separate no, this, this, I think this has more to do with the owner and the operator of this particular mm -hmm. model rather than the fundamental design. So um, obviously we'll, we'll be keeping up with this as more developments in this very sad case. And as always, our thoughts go to the uh, family and friends of the victim. All right, uh, a little happier. Uh, mm -hmm. Summertime fun is coming back to Knott's Berry Farm in California. Uh, and that is going to include the return of Ghost Town Alive, uh, which I had never got to participate in. I don't know if you did. Yes. But, oh, gosh. Uh, that is something that I have always wanted to see. And I'm so glad that after two years, that award winning event is coming back. Yes, I'm very excited for this return. Obviously, it took a break during the uh, pandemic, uh, but now their summer celebration is fully black back. Uh, they've had the food festival back with last year, the nightly entertainment, but it was missing Ghost Town Alive. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited that this is returning. So uh, what what exactly is Ghost Town? What do you get to do? So basically, so obviously Ghost Town is the original part of Knott's Berry Farm and a very important element of that are the characters so mm -hmm. on any given day they're all roaming you can interact so this is just kind of that the citizens of calico magnified so there's mm -hmm. kind of an interaction you just kind of do like an adventure with a secret mission so this is really fun because it, it brings that whole kind of character and storytelling to the next level so you're saying that it's possible to have an adventure in a theme park with interactive actors where you participate in a unique custom adventure and not spend five thousand dollars on a hotel room with no window yes and I also i don't think <laughs> i don't think you need a mobile app for this because I no mobile think... app it's actually in the real world because they don't have mobile apps in the in the no. old west but you do get to like unlock secret missions you can maybe uh, gamble with with a gambler or um, you know, help someone find some gold or, or all sorts of uh, adventures that take place all throughout the day. And this happens on select days from May 20th through September 5th. And uh, like I said, you don't have to spend $5,000 on a two-night hotel stay. This is included <laughs> in the price of regular admission at Knott's. Yeah, this looks 
was incredible. I, Ghost Town is my favorite part of Knott's, so that's usually where I spend most of my time when I'm there, mm-hmm. and this is just exciting. And then uh, Summer Nights will be back, which if you've been, they have – it's really awesome, very family-friendly. They have photo opportunities. They have live music. They have food at night. Usually the booths open up in the evening, and then they're going to be bringing back a couple dozen seasonal food items, and I'm sure they're going to have a lot of new things because they're always kind of one up in, in their foodie department. They're going to have a tasting card, which I, mm-hmm. I love those. I'm a big fan. I think it makes it really convenient, and you don't have to think about, oh, I'm going to buy this here, buy this here. Just get the tasting card, and you'll be able mm-hmm. to, you know, collect your items. Yeah, I did this uh, last year, and I did really enjoy all the items I tried. And I appreciate that, uh, unlike the boysenberry festival, only most of the foods have boysenberry, but not all of the foods. Because sometimes you want a non-boysenberry food once in a while. Uh, One thing I will say, you got to be patient. Um, I found that compared to uh, food festivals and the Orlando theme parks, these booths were not as swift or as well-staffed. and be prepared for some lines because because this this these events get super popular um my personal favorite part of the summertime entertainment at knots is that they bring in the bob baker marionettes mm. uh yeah. these folks have been around since the 1960s um you know a uh, lot of uh friends with walt um and uh um also uh you know a lot of influence on the muppets and um the this it's a fantastic family friendly puppet show that they do that really should not be missed along with uh crazy kirk and the hillbillies um they are there year round uh and during the summer they do shows at night um that uh you know i just you gotta wonder why disney ever let them go because they're just so good yeah no it's incredible again like entertainment there is just so good Mm -hmm. Like during their uh, haunt event, they have like a naughty puppet show at night, which is really cool. Yes, cool yes, from Brian Henson. Uh, it is yeah. that is very much not for the kids. No, uh, but this is awesome, and obviously uh, the Bob Baker Marinettes are a legendary theater company. So this is exciting. <laughs> so uh, if you want to find out more, visit knots.com or uh, hook up with Destinations with Character Travel. Plan your California vacation for this summer, uh, and it looks like. Our last bit of news in the queue, Dollywood is celebrating spring with a colorful flower and food festival. It's going to run April 22nd through June 5th, and it brings spring blooms and tempting tastes to the Pigeon Forge theme park. I know you are a Dollywood expert. So should we all be planning a trip to this flower and food festival? Yes. Uh, I was able to try a couple of the foods um, last month. They're amazing. A couple of years ago, Dollywood really was like, we need to amp up our festival. And they actually hired a new executive chef and they have one executive chef fully dedicated to all the foods for these festivals. So back in the day, I mean, it was, they always tried, but it wasn't up to the level, you know, of the other parks. And now it is right there with them. It is incredible food and it's not even just the food. It's, you know, the entertainment, they have this, um, horticulturist company that creates these they call them mosaic cultures so they're not topiaries Mm -hmm. they are massive structures you can see um, they're just gorgeous dolly has colors yeah they're they're Mm -hmm. beautiful it is an incredible time to visit uh, dollywood and the smoky mountains it's not too hot yet so Mm -hmm. i say you're gonna go you have to go do 
one of their festivals and this is one of the best and umbrella sky came back which i love it makes her a really cool selfie right at the entrance of the park and um i think this during the it started uh during the pandemic and they were supposed to bring in this company from europe to build this mm. and they couldn't fly over because of the restrictions mm -hmm. so actually the team of dollywood built this so this, this is, is uh if if you're not watching the video if you're just listening at home uh this is this whimsical canopy of colorful open umbrellas that float in the air uh it really is magical um and uh it it's just one of the things that you can experience uh also another highlight is the dolly's butterfly garden um which allows you to interact with nature and they've got a new live theatrical and acrobatic performance called Bloom. Um, and Dollywood is always well known for their great live shows. Yes. If you can make it there, go. Um, I know we mentioned in the article the Cuban sandwich. That was one of the things mm -hmm. I tried. It was amazing. And it had this really like addictive, they called it mojo sauce. I don't know what it was, but it was amazing. So if you can make it a trip, I would highly suggest going now. Yeah, and uh, they also have uh, five sample tasting passes. If you can save a little money, it's only 35 bucks for five samples. And uh, you get a few dollars off if you're a gold or diamond annual pass holder. Uh, and the Dream More Resort and Spa is also getting in the celebration with some festive decor uh, and uh, special cocktails served daily at their lounge. Um, yeah. I'm a big fan of their lounge. So if even if you aren't staying at the Dreamort, you could still visit. And the Song and Earth Lounge is amazing. They use um they work with like a local beekeeper and they get local oh. honey and infuse oh. them in their cocktails. Because they're trying, they're gonna um, try to build a bee farm on the property to kind of just educate people on, you know, the importance of bees. Yeah. And it's really cool that they uh, implement that into their uh, cocktail program. That's fantastic. So uh, if you're interested in learning more about Dollywood, just head on over to dollywood.com. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of the news in the queue. Uh, before we get into our main attraction, I think it is time for us to hear a little word from our sponsor. Here at Destinations with Character Travel, we offer the best experience with your travels. Need to visit the thrilling Disneyland Resort? Walt Disney World? Maybe lounge about on a Disney cruise? Or any other major cruise line? No problem! So if you're looking for a stress and hassle-free vacation, visit us at www.destinationswithcharacter.com Contact us today and let us plan a magical vacation for you and your family. It's time for the main attraction! All right, this week's main attraction, we have an early review of Guardians of the Galaxy comic Cosmic Rewind roller coaster at Epcot, and it looks like it is a hit. Our correspondent, Theron White, was lucky enough to get an early cast member preview of the new ride, which is officially opening for Memorial Day weekend. Uh, he did not get to experience the queue or the pre-show, so we can't talk a lot about the, uh, you know, the backstory. Uh, but he did get to ride the ride itself, and uh, no spoilers, he really liked it. Um, yeah. From now on, there might be some mild spoilers, so just warning you. If you don't want to know anything at all about the ride, uh, hit mute and uh, come back next week. 
Uh, but if you do want to know about the ride, here's the deal. Theron, uh, Theron describes it like this. He says it's got a track layout similar to Space Mountain. It's got a smooth ride like Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. It's got an action-packed storyline like Harry Potter and the Escape from Gringotts. And it's got a load and unload aesthetic similar to Men in Black Alien Attack. It's got the incredible video projection screens from Avatar Flight of Passage. And most importantly, it's got that fan favorite soundtrack from the Gardens of the Galaxies film, and not unlike the uh, Gardens of the Galaxy tower ride out in Disney California Adventure. Um, yeah, I was uh, stoked after I talked to him because Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, I have no personal connection or emotional connection to Marvel or Guardians. Mm -hmm. It is one of the funnest attractions. If you are in, in the worst mood, you can just go on that ride and you're laughing. It's silly fun with the music going. And he said it was the vibe was very similar on this. Mm -hmm. So this has made my excitement, which was already high, way higher for this. Yeah, uh, my wife is one of those folks who uh, not a big fan of Tower of Terror. Um, it was just too much anticipation and dread and tension. But she will ride Gardens of the Galaxy five times a day because it is just fun and bouncy right. and energizing. Um, and uh, that sounds like that's going to be the mood of this new attraction. Um, first of all, all right, let's talk about the thrill level. Um, this is not a rock and roller coaster. This is not yeah. a velocicoaster. Uh, this is on a thrill level is uh, if, if your kids are okay with handling Space Mountain, uh, they will probably do just fine on this. Um, I, Theron says he was he was honestly uh, a little underwhelmed with the the thrill intensity level. Um, he thought that there would be a little more g forces to the launch. Um, he didn't really feel you know much intensity to the launch. He didn't feel any big drops. No, nothing that makes your stomach you know jump up into your throat. Um, and it spins. Uh, but it seems like it spins in a very smooth, controlled manner, not just flinging you around like Primeval Whirl or something. Right. Uh, it I says it's really not jerky at all, very graceful. Yeah, I, uh, Hagrid's always gives me motion sickness. I think it's from the backwards <laughs> and the drop. So I was a little concerned that we would get those kind of intense levels. But now mm -hmm. I'm so happy and relieved to hear that this is really going to be for everyone. I saw also the um, seats themselves are very accommodating for uh, larger sizes. So I think that's a really, really good thing. So mm -hmm. the entire family can go on it. Everyone will fit. You won't get sick, hopefully. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I, I did get to try out one of the seats. They had a vehicle on display at the D23 event uh, mm -hmm. late last year. And I got to sit in it and it is very comfortable. There's ample leg room. I've got longish legs. Um, it's a lap bar only. It doesn't come over your shoulders. Um, and it, it fit very comfortably. I felt, I felt secure, but without being pinned in. Um, so this is, yeah, this is definitely designed to be a family coaster that, uh, kid, you know, families with children, uh, if they can make the height requirement, they're not going to freak out too badly. Um, storyline, we can't really talk too much about. We, we, as we said before, uh, involves Essen, who is a celestial and uh, he is not happy with you. He's not happy with the Guardians of the Galaxy. And we're going to see the, him in these giant, massive projection screens uh, where he's reaching out for you or trying to chase after the Nova Corp. Um, it does look like Chris Pratt's face is seen in this. Um, not entirely sure if that's uh, 
a recording of him or a CGI reconstruction of his face like they did for some of the Harry Potter rides. Um, Farron also thought that Rocket Raccoon was not being voiced by Bradley Cooper, um, which is possible. Um, to be honest, I never thought that Rocket Raccoon sounded much like Bradley Cooper anyway. <laughs> like you listen, Bradley Cooper in any other role does not sound like Rocket <laughs> Raccoon. Um, but uh, I, I tell you, I just got done playing the uh, Gardens of the Galaxy video game, um, which is not based on the movies. It has a totally different voice cast. And if they should have gotten whoever did Rocket Raccoon for that game, because I think he was every bit as funny uh, and sarcastic as Bradley Cooper is in the role. Uh, anyway, the most important thing is what about the music? Because, uh, you know, the, the soundtrack is kind of make it or break it. Um, uh, I love uh, a lot of the picks that they have in the California Adventure Gardens mm -hmm. of the Galaxy ride. Here in Orlando, uh, they have revealed that there are six songs that you're going to hear. Uh, I guess they will rotate randomly. And they are September, Disco Inferno, Conga, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, I ran and one way or another. And I got to tell you, as uh, as a fan of um, uh, of uh, new wave and uh, old school goth music, I love that the fact that Tear, <laughs> Tears for Fears is on the soundtrack. Yes, this is a great lineup. So I guess that's going to be your pick what you hope you get on your first ride absolutely uh it's not like um the hollywood rip ride rocket you don't get to pick your song so you're gonna have to mm -hmm. go back and ride multiple times uh in order to hear all of your favorites um so we've uh we've got like we said uh the seat size uh should be comfortable for guests of all shapes and sizes um and should make it pretty easy to get in and out of the vehicles and uh, as we mentioned, um, Theron saw that the load area where you load onto the ride is kind of grungy and worn torn. But when you get off, everything is all pristine and clean. So maybe that involves in the rewinding time uh, storyline that it will be explained a little bit more in the pre-show. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll know how that all ties in by the time it opens. Right. Yeah. And I'm kind of... I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that the cast members couldn't experience the pre-show, but I'm a mm -hmm. little bit happy about it because I want to go into it and I want to know the whole story, you know, and yeah. I'm glad that we don't get to, you know, get a little spoiler before it. Um, we do know, uh, you know, they've hinted that there's going to be Easter eggs relating to the history of Epcot. Theron didn't see any of them on the ride itself. So maybe those are in the queue uh, or in the pre-show, but he did say there is a surprise cameo from actor Terry Crews, uh, and um, as as a fan of um, of his work, uh, especially in Idiocracy, um, I I'm really surprised. I don't know how Terry Crews fits into all of this, but uh, I'm excited to see that. Me too. <laughs> um, so yeah, I am going to get to ride this myself on May 9th. Uh, I signed up for the annual pass holder preview. When, when do you think you're going to be able to get on this? In in early May as well. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> yes, before it officially opens on May 27th, we will be able to talk about it and uh, give our whole breakdown on the experience. So I'm excited about that. I'm very excited. I think it's going to live up to the hype. You know, usually I get myself worked up over these things. I think it's going to live up to it. Yes. Fingers crossed. Um. All right. Well, that just about brings us to the end of yet another episode. Before we go, I do want to thank our sponsor, Destination with Character Travel, once again. Uh, 
I also want to remind everyone, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and please leave us a rating on Spotify. Now, if you want to find more coverage from us at Attractions Magazine on the interweb, you can find me personally at the UG series on Twitter, at the Unofficial Guides on Instagram, and you can purchase my books at theunofficialguides.com. Carly, where can folks find you? Yes, I am Carly Caramano on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm Adventures by Carly. Yes. And finally, if you want more from the whole team at Attractions Magazine, you can find us at attractionsmagazine.com, on Twitter at Attractions, at Attractions Magazine on Instagram, and on youtube.com slash Attractions Magazine. And until next week, I, we hope that all of you folks stay safe, try something new, but most importantly, have fun, and we will see you again next time. Bye. Bye.